You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today, we feature our quarterly series, What's in Season? As environmental stewardship in agriculture is top of many people's minds, year-round, we'll discuss community and nature-based farming innovations with Brian Gilvesi, CEO at Alice. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for having me, Peggy. It's a delight to have you here, Brian. Can you tell us what Alice is and how it came about? Alice uh, began life as a concept. It's generally been uh, accredited to a, a potato farmer in Manitoba named Ian Wishart who at the time was the chair of the Keystone Agriculture Producers. Ian, by the way, is now the education minister in Manitoba, but um, uh, Ian uh, posited the idea that farmers and ranchers across Canada could provide many environmental solutions for some of the complex uh, issues that are facing us today. The, the, the concept was written uh, into a paper by Dr. Bob Bailey and Dave Reed, uh, Dave Reed of, of my home county here, and Dr. Bob Bailey from uh, Delta Waterfowl Foundation, uh, into a document we call the Bible. Uh, it was entitled Alternative Land Use Services, a Farmer's Conservation Plan. Um, so in that is a lot. Alternative land use services means a farmer shall use their land in an alternate way and produce something different. They would produce a service, an ecosystem service like cleaner air, cleaner water. Um, and also it, it, it set out the, the ways in which the agriculture community could be engaged effectively to provide widespread at scale uh, environmental solutions for a lot of problems that we're facing uh, on the planet. I think that's fantastic. And I'm thinking about all the things we're talking about in management, think management best practices and that sort of thing, but collective leadership is really important as well. How many communities, farmers and ranchers across Canada, collaborate to achieve the shared vision and aims of the program? Well, today there's 35 communities in six provinces. Uh, we've got a little over 1,500 uh, uh, farmers in the program today. Um, their uh, collective impact reaches are almost 40,000 uh, acres of project sites. So roughly about 200 square kilometers of projects across the land. Wow, that's a significant contribution. Um, very impressive. And ALICE, which is spelled A-L-U-S for listeners who want to look into the program further, ALICE's approach is community developed and farmer delivered. How is this achieved? So the organization that I'm the CEO of is ALICE. We are the umbrella organization. We engage with community partners across the landscape to deliver the program. Um, those community partners look different in different places. In Alberta, in every circumstance, it's the municipality is a partner. In Saskatchewan, they're watershed districts. Here in Ontario, sometimes they are a conservation authority. Sometimes they are uh, a local non-for-profit. And in one case, it's Ontario Federation of Anger and Hunters in, uh, in Kawartha Lakes. So we engage with these groups uh, to deliver the program. Uh, so they engage with the farmers in turn. But there's one major codicil to, to the delivery of our program, and that is they must give governance and control of the program over to something we call a partnership advisory committee. Now, that's a group of people that is at least 50% farmers and then also has broad representation from, uh, from the community, whether it's municipal councillors or other people in the conservation business. It, it, it's rooted in farming, uh, at the same time broadly representing the community uh, because they know their community and their lands best 
And we wind up with a true grassroots delivery program from that from that model that we insist upon. That's very interesting. Very much collective leadership, very much participatory, and very much a lot of idea generation, you know, at a local level um, to get the highest and best outcomes. That's I, I like that approach and that a model and that model very much. And what what are some of the major principles that guide your teams and partners' work? Well, our, Bi our Bible has eight principles in it, but let me highlight just four of them for you. Of course, we are community-led, uh, as I just mentioned, and farmer-delivered. So farmers do the actual delivery on their lands, and they participate in the delivery of the pro projects. Um, we are rooted in science. Uh, we make sure that the projects that we do are, are correctly done from an ecological and scientific perspective. That's pretty important that we that we root our projects in science because then it's predictive. The environmental benefits are predictive if we do it that way. The the the, the concept that I or the principle that I find really exciting for us is that we've always been market based, and that means we believe that farmers are producing value at the farm gate. The value of those ecosystem services is real. Uh, it can be represented in dollars and cents. We're making the connectivity to the mar uh, marketplace that we're helping to emerge to support that value proposition. Uh, there are several corporations now that support our program and see the value, uh, the, the real value that, uh, that cleaner air, cleaner water, more resilient communities have for all Canadians. So, Very interesting. So really um, creating this intersection of economics, ethics, and environmental stewardship. Really, really, really interesting. And farmers are obviously participants in the program and, and part of the fabric of the organization. What are the benefits for farmers who engaged in the nature-based solutions that sustain both biodiversity and agriculture, not just now for communities, but also for future generations? I think the one that, the thing that's most exciting, the thing that attracted me when I first joined the program was that we can now see our, our farms as multifunctional that we don't just produce food and fiber, that we produce other things that sustain life uh, for Canadians and people on the planet. Uh, we sustain biodiversity and cleaner air and cleaner water. This notion of the multifunctional farm is very attractive to us, I think, on the landscape that we have a lot more relevance to a lot more issues rather than just pro providing me a, maybe a commodity food stuff. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, secondly, we, we tend to see farmers learn a little bit more about the environmental benefits that relate to their farm, and we think the farmers, farmers in the program become a little bit more resilient. Uh, but lastly, of course, we're developing new markets for them to uh, tap into. Really, really great. So uh, you were talking about the, you know, moving past just the form of farms, what they look like, and then the function, what they do, to really expanding from a design perspective, even a concept of what a farm is, to um, really, as you say, not just open markets, but make a contribution and uh, help bring all the change that we want to see to the world. That's that's really innovative. And there's a lot going on in governments today. Canada is looking at a national food policy um, recently, the Ontario Food Literacy Bill came forward, and although the bill wasn't passed, the government did announce curriculum changes for grades one to eight in elementary school in Ontario, and also grade nine science that includes some food systems uh, hands-on literacy. So how does ALICE help integrate and coordinate the many mandates of government right now relating to food systems? We take a pretty, we take a pretty simplistic approach 
um, when we face government policy, like some of the ones that you mentioned and others, we believe that it's an expression of the will of the, of the Canadian people, that food policy is an expression of how we want our country to operate or how we want it to be. And the way we best relate to policy is to be able to say, we have solutions. If this is where you're heading directionally, if this is how you would like Canada to look, the farmers and ranchers of Alice are stand ready to provide solutions for many of the issues that you face. I think it's kind of a, it's simple and, and, and yet sort of um, um, sophisticated at the same time. Right. And some of the most sophisticated things um, in their in their most refined approaches are very simple. And it's simply stated, um, agriculture's expression of democracy, I guess, to, to put it even simpler. Very, very interesting. And I can't wait to hear more about projects and uh, some of the things that farmers are doing after the break in the Alice program. So after the break, we'll hear more from Brian Gilvesi, CEO at Alice, spelled A-L-U-S, anyone looking to look further into the program, about innovations in farming in harmony with nature. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today is part of the quarterly series, What's in Season? To hear about year-round progress, we're speaking with Brian Gilvesi, CEO of Alice, spelled A-L-U-S, if you want to look further into the program, about environmental stewardship and agriculture. Brian, you were a very early participant in the Alice vision. Can you tell us about your work in progressive and sustainable farming? Alice was deeply influential in uh, the way we farm, and I'll just highlight three of the projects that um, that we've done together with the Alice Project, just to give you some sense of what it looks like on the land. Um, the first thing we did here was we reestablished native tall grass prairie. These are the grasses, the very diverse grasslands that were here in Norfolk County at the beginning of time. Uh, we were able to uh, put uh, authentic seed back on the landscape and reestablish this ecotype that's really, really important for a lot of biodiversity and really a great um, solution for, uh, for climate change and for water filtration. Uh, it's turned out to be excellent to, to hold um, uh, some endangered species like bobolink and meadowlark, while at the same time, uh, we're able to use that biomass to feed our cattle at the end of the season. So it's an interesting project there in that we can nourish nature and then feed the planet at the same time uh, through tall grass prairie um, and get that ecotype back on the landscape. Um, next, we did a, a what we call a pollinator hedgerow. Instead of doing a typical hedgerow, hedgerow white cedar to protect our lands from uh, wind erosion, uh, we did one through Alice with a very diverse set of, of uh uh, trees and shrubs that all flower. They're all flowering in nature. And their design is uh, that they can provide uh, food and habitat for some of the 850 species of native pollinators that then are eligible or able to pollinate our field crops at the same time. So we get all the hedgerow benefits that we need to farm and develop habitat for those pollinators that are really important to our survival and to all biodiversity in Ontario. Uh, and lastly, just some fun things we do. We reimagine what our lawns look like. We don't nearly mow nearly the amount of lawns we used to. We uh, the 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 one uh, several acres we turned over to endangered tree species that we grow and propagate on, 
and the others, we reduced mowing altogether in order to provide more habitat for pollinators. And um, um, those are just fun projects, but it's awfully nice not to sit on that lawnmower quite as much. <laughs> I bet it is. Those are wonderful projects that you contributed and a lot of vision that was behind them. And I'm wondering, of course, you had mentioned all the wonderful places across Canada and the farmers and communities participating in the ALUS, spelled A-L-U-S program. Uh, is there a standard set of approaches for cleaner air and water, erosion control, pollinator attraction, some of the projects that you do, or is every project unique? Every project is absolutely unique because when the farmer walks in the door to volunteer for our program, the first question they get asked is, what, what would you like to do? Um, we think there's a lot of value in harnessing the creativity and the sort of innate knowledge that our farmers and ranchers across Canada have. And we do not want to mess with a good thing. Uh, we want to harness that power. Um, so creativity is in our blood. I, I certainly, certainly can see that. And uh, I'm glad that you bring up creativity because this show tries to bring the humanities tries to bring the humanities to today's food dialogue. And we'll get to that in a moment. But I'd like to hear um, from you, how can farmers participate in ALICE or how can corporations invest in the innovations that ALICE is leading? Well, one thing I think is really cool about ALICE is that it's really, uh, we, we are effective at creating value both for farmers at the farm gate and, and, and for corporations. Farmers uh, simply volunteer. Uh, if Alice is in their catchment area, we continue to grow as fast as we possibly can. Um, and they simply volunteer and they walk in the door and they see if it's a fit for them. Corporations, on the other hand, we've developed something unique for them. We have a we have a something called the New Acre Project. New Acre Project, uh, newacre.org, um, where corporations use that vehicle to offset their landscape impacts. In other words, they can sponsor... Uh, they can sponsor the outcomes that are created by the farmers and ranchers across the countryside. And, and those benefits then they can claim on their uh, ESG reporting documents, for instance. So that's a portal that's uniquely designed for corporations. And, um, and we're proud to uh, say that we're getting traction from quite a few uh, corporations across Canada. So it's wonderful to have that mechanism. I know a lot of corporations are very interested in corporate social responsibility and taking a look at investing um, some of those dollars towards things that um, have a really long-term vision in terms of um, things that are all important to us. So what Alice is offering, I think that's brilliant to have developed that um, mechanism through which uh, corporations can do that. And many organizations can look into what Alice is doing, ALUS and newacre.org. Interesting place to find out about how you can invest in the ingenuity and creativity in farmers and what they're doing with their land to uh, do things in harmony with nature and have lots of wonderful ideas. So Brian, we do add the humanities, uh, philosophy, history, and creativity to today's food dialogue on this show. And how do these approaches relate to environmental stewardship in farming? Well, if you think about the the very beginnings of our program, you could argue that it's a philosophical per, uh, a conversation about what a farm is, what a farm does. I think we've answered that question in a very, very unique way. and we're, we're continuing to broaden what can emerge from a farm. Um, ecosystem services are just the beginning. I bet you in your world, you might even say that better health outcomes can emerge from the farm. Um, but again, there is a philosophical bent to this. What does a farm do? Um, and I think we're answering that question differently than it used to be answered. Um, creativity, again, I mentioned that it's in our blood, but I think farmers are absolutely ingenious. 
some of the solutions that they've helped come up with in the environmental sphere for us are just absolutely stunning uh, in, in how simple and elegant and, and, and smart they are. Um, so again, we're very careful to harness the creativity on the ground. And lastly, the history question is a very interesting one. Uh, Alice grew up here in Norfolk County. Like this is where the, 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 the concept was uh, piloted and refined. This is the model that grew up, uh, we grew up from uh, across Canada. Um, and if, if, if any of the, the people that know their history a little bit know that Norfolk County nearly blew, blew away in 1908 because we had um, uh, we had uh, abused our landscape for a better lack of a better term, but we had over harvested the timber, uh, beginning with Canada's first forestry farm in, in 1908 here in St. Williams, Ontario, we began to rebuild our agricultural landscape on the back of trees, planting trees. Um, and uh, Norfolk County now, um, is uh, has the most biodiversity in the country. Uh, and that's on the backs of farmers that know their history a little bit. So uh, it's no mistaking that Alice uh, found a home here, at least, you know, a, a, a inspiration in what has gone on in the past. And we're able to take that out across the country. And, and deeply inspirational as well. This show is called Food for the Future, Brian. And how does a community-based approach for biodiversity and agriculture help us find the way forward together? I just uh, I just finished answering that question for a, a small uh, farm audience south of Regina uh, the other day because sometimes you think that you're doing something in isolation or alone. And the beauty of Alice is because of the community-led nature of our program, um, your work links to other work. So whether it's your link to a, to, to a mayor or a reeve that's sitting on your pack, uh, or whether it relates to your municipal uh, government nearby or the water filtration plants because they don't have to have as need as many as they used to. Um, it's all like bricks in the wall, uh, whether it's a farmer, a uh, participant in the pack, uh, a funder, a supporter, um, it's like bricks in the wall and we built a pretty good wall already. Like I mentioned earlier, I think, um, we're at about 200 square kilometers of impacts, which is a very, very nice size national park. And we think we've got the uh, footing now to scale this program in a big way. That's fantastic. That is really, really, really important. And I'm very glad that you've been on the show and very glad that backing you is all the people that are participating in Alice and continuing to take it to, take it to its next evolution. And, uh, you know, for any corporations listening, um, acre.org to look for opportunities to support this uh, incredible forward motion. Is there any final message, Brian, that you'd like to share with the listeners? I'm really pleased because of who we are, uh, because we are uh, we are farmers and ranchers and we are community leaders across the country that we're really proud that our brand is. We put our hands in the dirt and we get things done. We, we act and we create outcomes. I think that if you wanna change the world, that's a pretty simple place to start. You know, put your hands in the dirt, do what you can, uh, and, and, and together we'll get a pretty great outcome along the way. You know, enough talking time is done. It's time to do now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I feel a lot better having just heard that message. So I know it's going to have a ripple effect and, uh, I'm so inspired Brian by the commitment and progress being made by the communities, the farmers, the ranchers in environmental or in agriculture stewardship. And thank you very much to your to you and your entire team and partners for everything that you're bringing to the world.
You're welcome, Peggy. Thank you again for having us. It's been our sincere pleasure, Brian. Thank you. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking about nature-based solutions in agriculture with Brian Gilvesi, CEO at ALICE, spelled A-L-U-S. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do, something to talk about. How can you learn more about nature-based agricultural innovations? Something to do? Visit ALICE, A-L-U-S, C-A, to find out more about the vision, projects, and communities making progress in environmental stewardship in agriculture. Next week on the show, we'll return to the monthly series, City Farming. We'll discuss how adults with all abilities learn transferable skills through urban agriculture with Joe Gonsalves from the Patch Community Program. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, professional home economist, and you've been listening to the weekly show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum level sponsors, Burn Bray Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.